Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And the problem is, if you just do paid advertising, even if it's highly targeted advertising on social media, it is advertising. Mm -hmm. The president himself begins to need to to draw a contrast. And he's not comfortable doing that. He wants to be president. He doesn't want to be a candidate. He wants to, you know, rise to the level of a statesman every day, that I am taking care of the things you care about. He has got to start being a street brawler. He has got to start, every time he talks about health care. He needs to say, you know, that Donald Trump wants to do away with it. Every time he talks about uh, climate change, you know that Donald Trump thinks windmills kill birds. Um, so who wants to tell her? Who wants to tell her the problem with windmills? No, it's what he, I believe he said that windmills cause cancer. That Claire McCaskill would have worked. The birds thing. Yeah, yeah. Windmills are not the answer. But good job former senator tony katz tony katz today it's good to be with you joe biden's got real problems and his problem is coming from inside the house it isn't that you or i know that he's too old too frail too incapable too incompetent the economy doesn't work healthcare doesn't work the border doesn't work he can't take on china he can't keep anybody safe the, the, the stories go on and on and on about what people think about him, feel about him, etc. There's no faith in him at all. The effort is on to replace him. But part of the problem, and we'll get to the replacement in a second, part of the problem is that he doesn't understand that he's the problem. This was a group of voters put together by NBC Uh, They said, hey, how can we find the biggest beta males possible and find ourselves a 20-something-year-old woman who wears a mask? And uh, here's what they'll tell you. Give me the emotion that you have looking at your choice this election. Not not enthused. Uh, I'd say overall I feel very pragmatic and strategic about it. All of these issues that, that are popular with Democrats, he has not only not addressed, but often gone the entire opposite way on. I mean, I can look at like almost every issue in my head that's important to me, and I see a failure on Biden's part. You can say that Joe Biden's, you know, he's not as progressive as you'd like, or he's not this, he's too old. I mean, the guy is at least reasonable and has some sort of logic to what he does and understands the basics of, I guess, how to be a president in some ways. Even if I'm not enthused to like, effectively elect my grandpa a second time (laughs) boy do i want to keep the other guy out if the election were tomorrow what would you do i i don't think i'd vote for him i don't i wouldn't i still couldn't you know obviously i could not bring myself to vote for trump but it would be the first time i think if i had to choose tomorrow it would be the first time i think i'd vote for someone else like third party Uh, i think it's a problem when the woman has the lowest voice i'm just saying yeah, I think that's a, a, a problem. By the way, on every issue Joe Biden turns away from the Democratic Party, that's an argument saying that he is not left enough. Whoo! As Axios explains, Biden doesn't understand how old he is. And Biden doesn't understand how it looks. Biden will not accept it. Jill Biden is pushing him to do 
less. See, the problem, Joe, is that you're doing too much. You need to do less. I don't know how anybody can imagine him doing less. He's mad at his staff for not pushing the message that he's fine and that everything's going great. Jill Biden, according to Axios, absolutely involved daily saying that he's he's working too hard. Yeah, no one believes that. No one buys that. No one. And the Democratic Party has made it clear that the plan is to replace him. And you guys have been right from the very beginning. I said, and, I, and I've said it many times uh, months ago, if they're going to replace him on the ticket, I mean, you got to get running in a primary. It's too, it, it's too late. You're you're not you're not moving fast enough. You're not moving quick enough. You're not getting this done. And what you said to me is, Tony, Tony, they'll replace him at the convention. It won't even matter. And I said, you're absolutely right. They'll replace him at the convention. It won't even matter. It will not matter. The convention will come, and they will decide on somebody else. And that person will be accepted by the political left in half a second as clearly the choice. Why are you still talking about Joe Biden? That's what's going to come. And I keep saying it's going to be Michelle Obama. Oh, God. I know she doesn't like the stuff. But what does that matter? They can't pick Gavin Newsom. White guy is not going to make it happen. Kamala Harris. (laughs) omg are you kidding me right now i am not it's not gonna be kamala harris why would anybody not think that michelle obama is gonna be at the top of a list i I think you're all weird if if you don't think michelle obama is at the at the top uh, of a list but if you want more proof that the plan is to replace joe biden that this is obvious, that Biden's party is working against him, which is to say the media is working against him, but I repeat myself. Take a look at PJ Media. I, I Years ago, I used to work with PJ TV. PJ Media, Joe Biden's brother was caught on tape in FBI bribery sting. Now, if you want to read some insane reporting... Real clear investigations talking about Sarah Biden. Sarah Biden is the sister-in-law. She's married to James, whose brother is Joe, who happens to be the president. And James Biden and Sarah Biden have been playing the whole Biden angle. And that's, they're the ones who wrote the checks, you know, repayment of loan, Loan payback, $40,000 here and this and that. Oh, dear Lord. Don't tell me there's no paper trail. Don't tell me there's no money moving hands. As a matter of fact, not only do I know it, not only do you know it, not only does the political left know it, but the FBI knows it. As Matt Margolis um, writes... The FBI has video evidence of James Biden, brother of Joe Biden, in, 19, in the 1990s, taking a bribe. 
Now, if this was just PJ Media, someone could dismiss it as, oh, right-wing this. You know what I mean? Right-wing what, 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 whatever. His reporting, Matt Margolis' is reporting, and Matt Margolis is a nice guy. Full disclosure, Matt Margolis does, did the formatting uh, of my book, Let's Go Barbecue, available at Amazon.com. Perfect for Christmas. Get the Christmas gift now. Let's Go Barbecue, Let's Go Barbecue. I haven't been talking about it enough. I am terrible at selling books. He, he did the formatting. Nice guy. No, a good dude. The story that he's writing is based on reporting from the Washington Post. Now, I want you to take just a step back. And think about that for a moment. The Washington Post has a report. The report from the Washington Post is that, yes, indeed, you've got Joe Biden, I'm sorry, Jim Biden, who was taking money from a lawyer in Mississippi named Richard Dickey Scruggs. That, that, that was his name. And the money to uh, their company there, uh, Jim Biden and Sarah Biden, $100,000, uh, they, they take this money because they're able to uh, provide influence. And the next thing you know, Joe Biden, who was an interested in a piece of legislation, was suddenly interested in a piece of legislation and supported it because his brother got $100,000. So this idea that Joe Biden is a pay-to-play kind of guy starts to have a lot more credibility. That's not the part I want you to look at. The part I want you to look at is that this story comes from the Washington Post. It wasn't just a story. If, if, if I remember it correctly, it wasn't just any story. It was a 4,000-word story. 4,000 words. Now put that together. Are you telling me that the Washington Post... The left-leaning Washington Post wrote 4,000 words about Joe Biden's brother taking a bribe that may have led to uh, the the then-senator changing a vote on a piece of legislation? That is telling you something. That is a signal to the political left that Joe Biden is out. How could it not be? If it came from me, if it came from Daily Wire, if it came from Town Hall, yeah, someone could dismiss it as the political right. It comes from the Washington Post. And if it's coming from the Washington Post, the calls to remove him are coming from inside the house. The move is on to end his run. 
He got his term. There won't be a second. Do we want to place our bets? The story is not that we didn't know that Joe Biden is a duplicitous dude with a duplicitous family. This is obvious. The story is the Washington Post wrote 4,000 words for it on a Sunday. Bloop. Just, just dropped it there. 4,000 words that if it had been about Trump, you would have, you could not be breathing right now without hearing that story. So now that we know that it's on, now that we know that it's happening, that it's moving, that clearly, without question, the objective is to move Joe Biden out. We know without question that the convention will come. He will be replaced. And now it's by whom? Yes, I am saying that it will be Michelle Obama. Scream all you want. That's what I'm saying. But if you want to argue I'm wrong, over the course of the next couple weeks, uh, we will start, well, we'll start really in January. We'll start putting together a list. Wait till you find out not only how small the list is, but how many people on that list you don't know anything about. And none of that will matter. Because the minute the decision is made, That person, and you will watch it happen in real time, Will you will be told that person is the greatest person who ever lived, ever. You're going to watch it happen. Because if the Washington Post wasn't the starting gun for most, it's the starting gun for the rest. I'm Tony Katz. Cigar of the year and bourbon of the year. You guys know that in addition to everything I I do radio-wise, I host Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is uh, the largest and the biggest uh, cigar and bourbon review radio show in in the country, which is pretty cool. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And so we're coming out with our cigar of the year and our bourbon of the year shows, and I'm reviewing everything we've done over the last year, and I'm, I'm having real troubles, real troubles deciding which, which cigar it's, it's, it's going to be. I'm, I'm, there are some choices. There are some really, really good choices here, and I don't, I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer yet. What I do know is uh, that... Uh, Rashard Mendenhall's a racist. I have no idea what he's thinking, what he's doing, why he's 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 doing it. He he played for the Steelers. He was a fine running back. Fine. He writes, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better than your goat. Now, goat is greatest of all time. 
And I don't know who he's referring to. I think what matters is, what kind of racist nonsense is this? Rashard Mendenhall is a racist. He's a bigot. He's a jerk face. I don't know why he's, he's, he's doing this. But just for the sake of clarity, you guys know that we cover some sports here. I have been teaching myself how to do this. Because I'm sick and tired of the sports guys thinking they can get all into the politics like somehow they know what they're doing. The vast majority don't know what the hell they're doing. They sound like total morons. And I don't know why some people lap this stuff up. Some guys have, have, have figured it out because they understand the concept of take. They understand how to, how to engage in phrasing. It's not just about some, some high-level screaming. A lot of guys... Just garbage, and they're all about the, the, the leftist side because they want to be loved on the sports side as opposed to giving an honest commentary about the thing. Me, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm going to learn sports. They're not going to stop me from, from getting involved and being able to do it. And I can now, I now know that I'm, I'm, I'm at the place where I have a lot to learn to be able to do the fill in the gap stuff because you can't just jump to certain conclusions on these things. You got to have a history, you got to have an understanding of, of teams or 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 of a or a philosophy uh, like like for example when it comes to uh, college playoffs. I have so much to go in understanding the whole history there. There's a lot to 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 fill in the gaps using that as an example. But I know a bigot when I see one and Richard Mendenhall's a bigot. And uh, let's call me an average white guy, just in the, in, in, in the concept of sports, not in anything else. Uh, I'm not going to stop commenting, and I dare you to try and stop me, Richard. Now, I want this to get to him. I want him to understand that this is a weird thing to say. He's a bigot, and I'm not stopping. I don't know if he even means me, but I'm not stopping. What are you going to do to stop me? You going to show up in my house? I'm right here. I'm right here and ready to go. Stop me. Stop anybody else. Let's see it. I don't know why he's doing this. I don't know why he's doing this. And people have just started ripping him apart. Yelling at him. Screaming at him. You're ridiculous. And then he posts a picture of himself holding the AFC championship trophy saying, I'm a champion. You, when you hold a Super Bowl trophy, you say you're a champion. The AFC Championship trophy? The hockey guys, when they win, they don't even touch the trophy. <laughs> they won't even look at it. Only thing that matters is the Stanley Cup. I think the story here is that this guy makes this comment and immediately, the whole totality of ESPN isn't like, what a racist. If it had gone the other way, racist. They have nothing to say. I don't know, I don't know where Jamel Hill is. Am I, am I supposed to find out what Jamel Hill has to say about uh, Richard Mendenhall? This comment is just there. It's totally fine. No issues. I don't know why we let bigotry pass if bigotry is wrong. Seems to me like something we shouldn't do. You don't let bigotry pass. You don't. But yet, in this case, we will. Pretty gross if you ask me. I'm Tony Katz. 
if I were to read the mainstream media, I would learn that Catholicism is over. And and I don't I don't mean to say this to be like like shocking. I, that, that's not it. Catholic shocked by Pope's gay couples blessing. What blessing on same sex couples? Well, it's a reference to a document from the Vatican. And it, it, they're saying that it says that uh, those who are members of the church can perform blessings upon those involved in a same-sex union, except that's not actually what it says. And one wonders why this would be the headline in so many places if, if that's not the case. What is the point? What is the purpose? What is the value of trying to twist what it is the church is saying when it seems, uh, not claiming any level of expertise, but it seems that the church on this one subject has remained steadfast, even if Pope Francis sometimes says things off the cuff. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Ed Morrissey joins me right now of hotair.com, where he is the editor in charge. We've talked about his book, uh, when it comes to the political scene, Going Red, available at amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. You've got the piece, and I I give you the two headlines. The first was a headline, Catholic Shocked by Pope's Gay Couples Blessing. That was Newsmax. You, the headline, Media Mutters, no, Pope Francis did not okay blessings for same-sex relationships. Take us back, because this goes back to kind of like a a missive, like a, like a little note that the Pope wrote to a couple of cardinals, because I guess that's how they talk to each other, in regards to whether or not a blessing can be given to certain people, and that's what led to having this 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 much larger piece of 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 rule written by uh, the, the Vatican. Talk to me about how this came about. Well, first off, it starts, like you said, with uh, some comments that uh, Pope Francis made over the last couple of years regarding, you know, same people who are in same-sex relationships. And actually, if you, if you can take it back even farther, um, about a decade ago, or a little less than a decade ago, um, they had the Synod on the Family in Rome, where all the bishops and cardinals showed up to discuss these issues. Um, more about the idea of how do you promote the gospel to people who are in irregular situations, which is sort of the Vatican term for cohabiting heterosexual couples as well as uh, same-sex uh, you know, relationships. Um, and especially how do you talk to the families of those, um, of those who are in those relationships, the children who come out of those relationships and so on. And at the time, the media misreported this as a debate as to whether or not the church was going to recognize gay marriage and same-sex couples and cohabiting couples and allow the divorced and remarried to access the Eucharist. And that was, none of those things were actually on the table on the synod and the family. It was very specifically just about how do you make people feel welcomed enough so they can hear the message of the gospel. And it got misinterpreted repeatedly. And I was there on the ground for that. I was in the Vatican. I was reporting from the Vatican during the Senate on the Family and, um, and was able to correct the record at that time. So I have some familiarity with the way that this debate has evolved within the Vatican. And what happened more recently was that Pope Francis sent out some, amb- some ambiguous signals. I mean, the, the criticism on this is um, 
is is probably well deserved. Ag- uh, oh, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Two things can be happening at the same time. That that the Pope Pope Francis has been ambiguous on things. He has led Catholics to ask specific questions, and it has been frustrating. But on the conversation of where the church is uh, vis-a-vis same-sex marriage, that seems to be a common, straightforward thread. Well, yes, and, and this is—I mean, this is part of the problem. This is what happens when you have a leadership that's not clear. Right? You really need clarity on these matters because it it matters. You don't want to put people in positions where they think that they're uh, they think that there's a certain acceptance that's going on that isn't because it just makes people feel more bitter when they realize that that's uh, that's not the case. So what happened was is because of all this ambiguity, the dubia that you just referenced, which was the letters from the cardinal, the cardinals, I should say, to the Pope challenging him on these things. And uh, the Pope sent a letter back saying, well, you know, we uh, we should be able to bless people without, you know, uh, making sure that they're pure first. Uh, required then the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, um, which is the official theological arm of the Catholic Church, to issue a pretty detailed and fairly concrete um, declaration, and this is what came out yesterday, uh, saying what the nature of those blessings would be. And the, the nature of the blessing uh, that is allowed is simply individual blessings on people, regardless of what their status is. And we see this all the time. Popes, you know, priests, deacons, bishops are asked to bless objects, are asked to bless houses, are asked to bless homes, and none of that confers uh, any sort of sense of approval. It is merely just to bless people so that they can become closer to God. And and I think one of the reasons why the the media might be confused on this is because they have a secular definition of blessing, which is to which really does you know the secular definition means approval, right? Uh, but if you re- actually read the document, the document is very clear. This is not a blessing of approval. This is simply an individual blessing. It's called a spontaneous, non-liturgical blessing that people get all the time. And priests give these out even to people who aren't Catholics, uh, to people who aren't even religious. They just simply, if, if somebody wants a blessing, they'll they'll give them a blessing. But so now let's now no... let's take a moment. Let's take a moment. Talking yeah. to Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. The piece is over at HotAir.com. The Pope responds to what's known as the dubia, D-U-B-I-A, of these two cardinals asking about this. Um, and, and this response is as you're discussing a differentiation between a blessing on a person to further bring them into the church versus a blessing of the union. And I want yeah. to get into where uh, the, 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 the Pope and, and the church were very, very uh, clear and specific, and it happens in, in, in multiple places that while there may be irregular situations that's the terminology they use and that's how they refer to a a same-sex union that the blessing of a person the blessing of of trying to bring somebody to the church is a far different conversation than the liturgical side if you will about blessing the union itself which is the which is the what the pope is saying they absolutely won't do break those two things down for me right so again, um, a liturgical blessing is the type of blessing that, that would happen uh, as you're presiding over a wedding, 
right? And it's not the only type of liturgical blessing. <clears throat> Ordination would be another liturgical blessing, right? It's, it's something that comes from the book of blessings that is part of the actual liturgy of the church. And it's, those are formal. They confer certain, you know, certain um, uh, official recognitions that, um, that spontaneous blessings do not. And so the, the, the letter, the declaration is very clear that these cannot be liturgical blessings. They have to be of the different category, the spontaneous blessings on the individuals involved, even if you're doing it two at a time. These blessings are just blessings on individuals so that they can become closer to God. And that's all the meaning that, that uh, is resonant within them. And the reason why they had to do this is because some priests, particularly in Germany, were actually blessing unions. They were showing up at the ceremonies to bless the, the, the couples in their, um, in their unions because of the ambiguities that, was, that Pope Francis had left. And so this letter is actually a restriction. They're trying to tell priests, you can't do that anymore. The only type of blessings that you can give are the spontaneous non-liturgical blessings on the individuals and not on the relationship, which they say several times, as you noted, they say several times in the document. And if you actually read the document and you have any understanding <laughs> of what blessings mean in the Catholic Church, um, you become very quickly educated that this is actually specifically saying that you can't bless same-sex unions. You and, can't bless cohabiting relationships. It's impossible to do. And let me give you, from, from your article, is section 39 within the letter itself sent out by the Pope, and I'm quoting, in any case, precisely to avoid any form of confusion or scandal, when the prayer of blessing is requested by a couple in an irregular situation, again, that terminology coming up, I continue the quote, even though it is expressed outside the rites prescribed by the liturgical books, this blessing should never be imparted in concurrence with the ceremonies of a civil union and not even in connection with them, nor can it be performed with any clothing, gesture, or words that are proper to a wedding. The same applies when the blessing is requested by a same-sex couple. In, in, in a world of, of, of non-clarity, that's a clear statement. It's a very clear statement. And, and the reason why they use irregular situations is because this isn't just about, um, you know, lesbians and gays. This is about anybody who is not in a, in a um, family relationship that, is, that fits within Catholic doctrine, which means a man and a woman married in a church um, uh, that are open to, open to life, who have not been married uh, before unless they've had an annulment uh, through the church. So there's a number of these situations where this, where this teaching has to apply. It's same-sex marriages, same-sex relationships certainly fall under that, <clears throat> uh, but also people who are cohabiting in a heterosexual relationship. They can't have that relationship blessed either. Divorced uh, Catholics who remarry without an annulment, they can't have that relationship blessed either. And that's <clears throat> the reason why they use the irregular situations um, uh, you know, terminology so that it's clear that it applies across the board because it's all based on the same issue. These are not relationships that fit into the Catholic definition of marriage, which is liturgical and which has a formal liturgical blessing as part of the wedding ceremony. Um, and I would say, though, that the fact that they mention separately same-sex couples shows that they are 
emphasizing that point with the priests and deacons and bishops that had been uh, trying to work this into their, um, uh, you know, work this into their own practices. They are telling them to stop. That it is entirely illegitimate, and that they are not allowed to do that. Now, whether or not they enforce it, and how they enforce it is another matter. And th- and that's but just th- it, right? <laughs> it, it, that's that's always the question. But I think we come back to Ed talking to Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. Uh, how did the mainstream media and and by the way, people who we would consider quote unquote on our side of the political aisle, how did they get it so wrong? Or maybe better to the point, why did they want to get it so wrong? Well, I think that's the question. And I think that there's some legitimate reasons why people on our side of the aisle are very suspicious of Pope Francis. So they're not necessarily following, you know, the church debates. They're not really necessarily terribly familiar with Catholicism in some cases. And, and even among Catholics, maybe they're not really familiar with the, the, what has gone on previously in terms of the Synod and the family and some of these debates within the Vatican, and especially as it relates to the German church, which is a whole other <laughs> it's a whole other topic, uh, but um, the um, I, I think people on our side of the aisle saw this as a yet another piece of evidence that Pope Francis is a radically leftist progressive, um, and um, and look, I mean, I I don't I I sympathize with that point of view, but that's not what's happening here, and I think that they would have been better served to hold their fire a little bit and actually read what the document says. Now, Michael Brendan Doherty over at the, uh, over NRO did read the document and he still has criticisms of how this has been handled. And I think that those criticisms are valid by having Pope Francis introduce all of this confusion and ambiguity first, and then having to emphasize this. And it just creates the notion that the Catholic church is paying lip service to actual doctrine while not doing much about how priests and <clears throat> other ordained are practicing it, I think that that's a I think that's a fair concern, and so there is some of this criticism that's certainly um, valid. But the but picking up on what the media reports and and not checking up to make sure that it actually matches up with what has happened at the Vatican is a mistake, and that's just it. It's just a mistake to do that. And I think that's the I think that's where the story is going to go. The idea that there will be priests and others who will not follow the Vatican teachings, the Vatican straightforward statements here, because they think they're nicer or kinder or they're more social justice as opposed to following the church. And and I think that, yes, it is okay to criticize Pope Francis, as many, many have, and I think that that is where the real the real break is. But I wanted to make sure, at least from a rules perspective, we had an understanding of what actually got said within the document. Ed Morrissey is his name. Hotair.com. Check out the story. Media mutters, no, Pope Francis did not okay blessings for same-sex relationships. It is there at hotair.com. Ed, always a pleasure. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. I'm thinking it might be time to retire the air tag because it's another day and another story of this thing from Apple being used to stalk people. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. This is a story out of Knightstown, Indiana, not too far from where 
I'm at right now. A woman telling police that she can't understand how her ex-boyfriend just shows up at stores she's at or restaurants she's at and and is harassing her. Uh, The documents from a court saying that this guy once ambushed her at a restaurant while she was having dinner with her parents, showed up when she was working out at a Planet Fitness, claiming he just happened to be driving by. And then she found the Apple AirTag hidden inside a magnetic key box stuck to the frame of her car. He broke up. She broke up with him. He couldn't take it. Bloop. Kept following. Look, there are ways people track people all the time, and it's creepy. Uh, of all the things that really do creep me out, it, 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 it's, it's never hate mail. It's, it, it's not really a death threat, although I take them seriously. I don't get them often. I, every now and then I get something like, okay, I need to contact somebody. I don't get it much. Like Other people get far worse, far worse in real ways than, than I do. And I've never been stalked. That's the one that freaks me out. The stalking thing, that is scary on scary on scary. And yes, the, the, this AirTag thing, it, it makes that easy. It makes following somebody, it, it's very easy. This is, it's, it's a dangerous tool. And, and I don't personally use them, and I, I am aware of them. I do actually check for them. It's super creepy. And one wonders whether or not it really is necessary in our lives. Apple should be asking that question as well. This is Tony Katz today.